We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Welcome in, everybody. This is Broncos for Breakfast. I am Scott Kennedy. I will be your solo host today. Nick is out doing one more excursion. I think he's doing a 60-mile multi-day backpack and fishing excursion through Idaho, through finding the Sasquatch. I don't know. He might look like a Sasquatch by the time he gets back. So it's just going to be me. Um, uh, I hope that's okay. Sorry, I'm not better looking for those of you listening. Sorry, I don't have more to say. But this seemed like a day I didn't want to pass up. It was, there's been a lot going on with, with Broncos country. There's been a lot going on with training camp, on the field, off the field, injuries. He said, she said, all that type of stuff that I wanted to make sure we got in here today. This was an important day as we get close. And starting next week, we should be back on a regular schedule. Um, at the very latest, the Monday after the first preseason game, we will start Mondays again, but Tuesdays and Thursdays from here on out, because we got a lot to talk about Broncos country. Uh, as we have worked our way into the chat, I want to say hello to some folks that have been here uh, for ready, itching to get started. Um, WTH, first no fears, is good morning, Nick and Scott and all of Broncos country. Congratulations on your 300th episode. How did you know it was our 300? Did someone else put that out there? I didn't even know it was our 300th episode. That's crazy. The Tim Patrick and KJ Hamler news sucks. We can't catch a break. What is your prediction on the depth chart? We'll get into that. Some of the things I want to get into, I usually like to start a show by saying, for those of you listening, hey, maybe do I, don't, do I want to listen to this or not? Some of the things I want to get into, I want to get into Tim Patrick and KJ Hamler. I want to get into availability. I want to get into the depth chart, uh, who stands to gain, who stands to lose, et cetera, et cetera. I want to get into Marvin Mims. I want to get into um, the Peyton comments and the Rogers reaction, et cetera, et cetera. Those are some of the things I want to hit on today. Then we will get into the chat to see what you want to talk about if we still have time. But those are the ones I wanted to hit on. Each one of those is a multi-day story in itself. So we will uh, we'll get it going today. So appreciate you being here, WTH. Uh, Ethan, the DWI guys coming in from across the pond. Appreciate you coming in and checking in early. Said so he was going to be here today. Uh, so was I. So um, so we we're going to have a show. We've been a little hit and miss this summer. Appreciate your patience. We have missed y'all. And uh, we're looking forward to coming back stronger than ever after recharging the batteries a little bit this summer. Kevin Gray says, uh, good morning, Nick and Scott. Big mile high salute to Broncos country. Right back at you. Uh, it is very sad about Tim Patrick. Um 
hope things get better for him. One of the best. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about him a lot before the morning is over for sure. Uh, Kevin Gray says coffee is a perfect start. You know, I haven't had my first sip of coffee yet. Uh, check out lioncoffee.com, one of our benefactors. Patrick is a member of Broncos country, Patrick Wilsey, and keeps us well caffeinated from Lion Coffee. So thank you, Patrick. He's in Hawaii, so I don't expect him to be on the shows on a five or six hour time difference. It is wicked early for him to be up this early, but he's always checking in and we appreciate that. Bam X says, good morning, Broncos country. Good morning to you, Bam X. Chase Wellner, hey guys, been itching to hear your thoughts on the last week. Well, we'll get Nick later, but you're going to get mine today. And um, as you know, I, uh, I I like to feel almost pathologically logical when it comes to thing, almost like a robot. Now we all have our biases, we all have our our uh, you know our opinions, feelings, and that type of stuff. But you know, and listening to some of the guys, I don't I don't think my thoughts on some of the Rogers. Uh, Sean Payton stuff differ too much, honestly, but you're gonna you'll, you'll hear my point of view on that coming from an outsider from from Broncos country. Now I'm I'm part of the Mile High Huddle crew. Don't get me wrong, I'm I'm part of this group for sure. But as far as a national feel, what is it gonna look like from the outside in? I'm your guy. Uh, Bama X comes in. He says, you know, I'm a firm believer in on karma and putting good energy out there. So I feel like we were doing pretty good until Sean Payton made his comments. Then parts of Broncos country started attacking uh, the New York Jets and Nathaniel Hackett. The timing on that could be the same. The timing on that Bam X could also be that, hey, you know, practice was ramping up too. So uh, doing pretty good, but you hadn't really done anything. That, that's the key. And with Tim Patrick, y'all have heard me warn, and I've warned it with Javante Williams too, that secondary injuries follow ACLs like remoras on sharks. They just do. Hopefully not something as bad as blowing an Achilles, but you expect to hear a hamstring tweak, a calf strain, all of the things that you're not able to do to get the rest of your body up into football shape while you've been working that knee. It's tough, and there's really no way to get it ready other than to go out and play. And if your body holds up, your body holds up. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Unfortunately for Tim Patrick, his body has not held up very well over the last Several several years, parts of his career. So we will see. Um, new season, same old story. Some, somewhere Lauren Lando was saying, see, it wasn't me. There, some of that is true, honestly. You know, when you start talking about, you know, uh, broken legs, torn Achilles. Um, that said, my, my, uh, my brother-in-law is, um, he's a physical therapist, uh, a medical doctor, et cetera, et cetera. And I said, what would you say if I said I had two guys tear pectorals? Um, on the same team within a couple of weeks of one another, he said they're training wrong because that's a rare injury. A torn pec is a rare injury. The freak occurrence of now that it, it is co could be coincidence. That's a weird one, man. That is definitely a weird one. Uh, Jason Walton says, good morning, guys. My heart sink about hearing Tim Patrick news and his roommate KJ Hamler as well. I hope they lean on each other for support during these trying times. Now I'm assuming if you're in this chat, you know what we're talking about, but just in case, you know, there's thousands of people that listen to this after the fact, you should know by now, yes, Tim Patrick suffered a torn Achilles and is gone for the year. And frankly, at his age with his injury history, he may try and come back. Um, but it wouldn't shock me if that was a career ender, if it was done. Um, his latest contract, I think gave him 17 million in guaranteed money when he signed that extension two years ago, and at the time was considered a bargain. 
because the contracts for wide receivers that offseason went through the freaking roof, uh, $20 million a piece. So, you know, when, when guys like Christian Kirk are getting $18 million a year guaranteed, you're like, huh, this was a pretty good deal to get Tim Patrick locked down. It hasn't worked out that way because of injuries. Um, but, you know, you know he's he's financially secure for the rest of his life. You, you worry a little bit more about a guy like Javante Williams, um, a, a later round draft pick or something. He wasn't a later round guy, but you, you start talking, you know, $4 million is, is nice money. Don't get me wrong. But you give a 21, 22-year-old kid $4 million, is he set for life? If he's responsible as hell, he might be. Um, but, you know, Tim Patrick... I feel good no matter no matter what he's he's set he's set for life no matter what happens moving on so um, I'm glad he got that deal done and and uh, got that done before his injuries started happening um, whether it, it adversely affects the Denver Broncos I dude I root for people I really do the, the old saying in scouting and coaching and stuff is you end up rooting for the names on the back of the shirt instead of the names on the front of the shirt. I root for people, and I'm I'm rooting for Tim Patrick. Alex Salazar says, good morning. Good morning to you as well. I want to say hello to some of the Super Chats that have come in as well. Uh, Troy Boer has come in with uh, the the big yellow Super Chat. He says, hey, Scott, best group on the team to lose two guys, speaking of the wide receivers, but still sucks. Glad about the offensive line help. Uh, And now one DL ad, we should be solid, happy 300. So who put that out there? You'll have to put that in there for me because I I didn't actually see that. And as I was saying all along, I see a lot of familiar faces in here. So there's a lot of, you know, repeat listeners. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It never, ever ever made any sense to me from a football standpoint that Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy would be on the trading block ever never made any sense to me not financially not from a depth chart perspective I said I I repeated over and over and over again if Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy are on the trading block there's something else going on or let me rephrase, because there's a price for everybody. Everybody's got a price. Million dollar man, T- Ted DiBiase. If someone comes and offers me three first round draft picks for Pat Sertan, I'll listen. He's not on the trading block. Everybody's got a price. But the rumors that we were hearing were, oh, a high second or a third for Cortland Sutton or a high second. That made zero sense to me. None. They are so much more valuable to this team 
considering that you didn't get financial relief from those guys, they're so much more valuable to this team than a third round pick would have been. Does anybody doubt that now, for goodness sakes? So if there was any truth to that, that if someone had offered a third round pick, a let's see, what's that? Let's say a 75th, uh, the 75th overall pick to the Denver Broncos, that they would have taken it for Cortland Sutton. I said something, I would have said something else is going on. Because this doesn't make sense from a football standpoint. This doesn't make sense from a financial standpoint. In one more year, it does. Next year, it does. Because you can get the financial relief from that contract and you can have a lot more money to play with moving into next year. So uh, we'll talk a little bit more about depth uh, and, and what, what you actually lost, et cetera, et cetera, as we get into this. Uh, thank you, Troy. Gary Palmer coming in says, good morning, Scott. Good morning to you as well, Gary. Let me keep an eye on the Facebook group because I know I see Michael coming in. And Michael, as he is wont to do, likes to come in with stars. Um, so I want to say thank you to Michael Ranquillo for coming in with those stars today. Appreciate you, Michael. And as always, he says, good morning, Scott and Nick on Broncos for Breakfast. Go Broncos and Buckham. To you as well. To you as well, my friend. Um, now, you know, there's some doom and gloom that goes on. You know, the Tim Patrick was out. And I think I mentioned before, you know, where, where are the concerns with this team? It's like, well, we're, we're writing Tim Patrick in like he's back. He might not be. Um, and it was, he was, he was cleared. He was hundred percent because it was awfully quiet around his rehab. Um, there was a lot of chatter around Javante Williams, but there was very, it was just assumed that he was going to be back. But what did you actually, you know, from last year, if KJ Hamler's gone and Tim Patrick is gone, they were gone all year last year. Now that might you, you might turn around and say, "Hey, Scott, that's one of the reasons why we only won five games." I've lost track already in the past year. I think it was five. I don't think it was four. I think it was five. Uh, that was one of the reasons we were five and twelve last year because you know of, of those injuries. Maybe um, you got the replacement in for um, for KJ Hamler in the draft. That's Marvin Mims. He was a replacement. You'll never convince me otherwise. Anything that you got from KJ Hamler after his history with this team was going to be gravy. He could not be relied upon. I'm not placing any blame. I'm just stating a fact. As a general manager, if I'm looking at this team, I cannot count on KJ Hamler to be able to write his name on a team sheet every single week. I can't do it. So what did I do? I went out and I traded up. I went and got a receiver. And now if I look at my th top three guys and I say Cortland Sutton, Jerry, Judy, and Marvin Mims, a rookie is a number three who was a second on draft pick. I'm still looking pretty good. And I didn't lose anything from last year because those guys didn't play last year. Now the offense was awful. I get that. They, pr they probably would have helped. You th you'd think they would have helped, but you never know. The key to this offense is still going to be the improvement on the offensive line, the better coordination from your head coach, Sean Payton, and the and, and Russell Wilson and all sinking together. Tim Patrick and KJ Hamler are not going to make or break this offense. You even have, and it won't surprise me a bit if in the next few weeks you hear, okay, Javante Williams is sitting out for a few days. He's, you know, he's got a little niggle. They might not even say anything specific. Then, like I said, a little calf strain, uh, a sore hamstring, something like that. The Broncos have gone out and gotten insurance for Javante Williams as well. So 
you've got the depth, you've spent the money, you've built the team that you can survive some of these smaller injuries. It's the bigger ones that start becoming a little scary. And your depth on the offensive and defensive line is more is definitely more scary. As far as the team goes as a unit, if you take the skill players and put them as one ball and say, how am I looking on my skill players? Javante Williams, Maje Perrine, Greg Dulcich. Um, then I go to Jerry Judy, Marvin Mims, Cortland Sutton. I'm at six right now of guys that are pretty good weapons to have out there on the field, and there's only one ball. So I'm not overly concerned from a football standpoint about what has happened with, with Tim Patrick and KJ Hamler. I'm much more concerned about them from a humanity standpoint. It's just, it's terrible for them. You know, they have busted their asses to get back to be ready. And there's no football right now in their future. That sucks. That sucks for those guys. You know, I, I know we're, we're very selfish as fans when we think of, you know, how does this affect me and my team? But this is a good group of people in here, and it just it sucks for them. It, it really does. That's that's where my head is. Um, the uh, I want to I want to get some of your thoughts on this in the chat now that I've been monologuing for a little bit. Um, want to say Arthur's coming in over on Twitch. Hello, we'd love to say hello to our over the pond across the pond uh, Twitch users. Says good afternoon from Germany to you as well. To you as well. And I was just texting with one of my friends um, that the the women's World Cup ratings have to be just in the tank because y'all can't watch them in Europe either because of the time zone. So uh, Arthur probably hasn't been watching a whole lot of the, the women's team and we haven't been able to watch much of them either. So we're in the same boat in that one, Arthur. Appreciate you. Um, as Jeremy says, as bad as an ACL is, ACL is an Achilles is way worse. Yeah, depending on the, the degree, but I've seen 20-year-old kids do Achilles and never come back quite right. There's it, it happened to two Chelsea players in the course of a couple of weeks, and neither one of them returned. One of them was like 24, and one of them was 20 years old, and neither one of them have really, really come back for that. Now, the first real shredded Achilles I ever saw in an athlete was Dominique Wilkins, who was an, an older, older guy in, in the time uh, for the Atlanta Hawks and one of the best athletes to ever walk this planet. He came back from it okay. And they, they have come back from it. But when you start saying Achilles and three ACLs and 30 years old and all of this type of stuff, at, at some point you're just going to say, we can't do this anymore. And, and expect that to happen with the Denver Broncos and Tim Patrick. There's no way Tim Patrick get, sees the end of that contract next year. Zero, zero percent chance. Do they waive him and resign him? Do they restructure um, does he get a chance and, and to try and prove and get a, you know, a non-guaranteed, non-guaranteed deal? Is that what's in his heart? Um, I would think it is that he would like to give it one more try. Um, but we'll, we'll have to see. Um, and, and as Chase says, it's a damn shame. Tim went on draft because of injury history too. And KJ Hamler fell to the second because of injury history. Uh, so it's definitely, it's been really been tough. Um, definitely been tough. Uh, Eric Rink says, well, we, we know Russell isn't going to restructure his contract for anyone. Well, not this year. Um, again, to restructure a deal, usually you have to put more money on the back end of things because uh, Aaron Rodgers just restructured his deal to open up more money for the New York Jets. But I guarantee over the course of time, he's not getting less money out of it. So in order to restructure a deal, you either have to have the leverage to be able to cut a guy Let's say Tim Patrick, as harsh as that is, Tim Patrick next year 
has a $2 million dead cap hit against a big salary. That's a guy you can restructure. Hey, we're, do you want to make $8 million or do you want to take your chances on the free agent market? Okay, well then restructure down to $8 million instead of fourteen. Um, or you've got a guy who's young and you don't, you, you feel like he's going to be around for another seven, eight years and you don't mind kicking that can down the road. Cause you know, we can address this later and the salary cap will increase in five or six years anyway. Uh, Cristiano, uh, coming in, he says, good morning, uh, Scott and Broncos country country, uh, devastated by the Tim Patrick injury, but agree with Scott, at least he's financially set. Yeah. And it, it, if it had to happen in any one position, the Broncos are going to be okay. And, and from a, a life standpoint, as much as it hurts to have, you know, this taken away from you, it's a big part of your identity to these guys. In fact, for most of them, it is their identity. Who am I? I'm a, I'm a football player and have it taken away from them. There'll be some tough days. There will be more tough days for them. Um, they've been through it and, you know, I, it's, it's just going to be hard. It's going to be hard, but uh, money is one thing. Um, and we can talk about that too, because there's been some news around the league, and I'm I'm real interested in in what's going on with Jonathan Taylor and the Indianapolis Colts, because um, I've always been on the side of the players, uh, just always. And the monopoly that is the NFL is not fair when it comes to what these guys are getting paid and how they're getting paid and where they're being told to play, et cetera, et cetera. It's it's not American, man. It it really is. Um, but we can get into that another time. Chris Graham says, good morning. Well, good morning, Chris. I feel like it's a newer name to Broncos for breakfast, but we haven't been here in a while and I'm old, so I may have just forgotten. So uh, appreciate you being here as well. Miguel coming in says, good morning, Scott. Hope you have been well to you too. I hope the Broncos rally around Tim Patrick and KJ and ball out for them. I think Sean Payton can help them get around all of this brutal news. Um, I, uh, I agree. I, I think there's a lot of denial that goes on. It's, you know, it's the only way you survive this game is the denial. You know, it's, it's always in the back of your mind that this can happen, but you push it, you push it out. You know, you don't want to constantly be thinking about the guy that was hurt because again, it manifests itself. You, you, you want, you've got to play in some level of denial. That can't happen to me. You know, it, it's, they're gone. I got to take care of me and, and they'll be fine. They'll be, they'll rally around, the Denver Broncos and, and, and a common enemy, whoever they have to face on the other side of the ball. Um, Robot of Doom comes in and twi on Twitch. He says, Scott, what are your thoughts on Jarvis Landry uh, as a as a Tim Patrick as a vet replacement for a year? Um, let me take a sip of coffee and I'll get into that one. Jarvis Landry is an interesting case in my history because I got to see Jarvis Landry when he was in high school. He came out and ran at one of my events. And I kid you not, he ran something. He's from Louisiana. And I kid you not, he ran somewhere in the like the four eights, if it was or a four seven eight. I have to look way back and see if I still had those notes. But he was a a four, a high four seven guy in the 40-yard dash. And he wasn't that big, you know, 5'11, 195 pounds running a four seven five. I'm like, man, I don't, I don't know about this guy. There's, there's a lot of hype around this guy, but golly, he's not all that big and he certainly isn't fast. By the end of the year, I put five stars next to his name. He just He's just that good a receiver. Everything else he does, he's just that good at it. Um, last year, though, he uh, he only played in nine games. He started three with uh, with New Orleans. He had 22, 25 catches for 272 yards. Now, I want you to, to, to listen to this track over the last four years. 
1174-840-570-272. That direction's headed the wrong way. Um, again, I, he, if you bring him in for a physical, you bring him in and, and put any kind of test on him, he's, he's not going to impress you with what he does on the watch. For me, right now, what I do is I go with the guys I've got, maybe sign somebody, a camp body to come in if I need to have an eighth wide receiver to come in so I can run my four wide receiver sets with my twos over on the other practice field. But I, I'm waiting for cut down day. Um, if I look at a depth chart right now, there are, let's see, three, six, nine, twelve. There are 12 guys on a on a uh on a depth chart right now. Some are carrying 11, some are carrying 13. So let's say 12. They might carry six on a 53-man active roster. That means they're gonna have to cut six. 30 teams, I'm just going to say 30 to make the math easy, at six wide receivers apiece, that means there's going to be 180 wide receivers hit the waiver wires in a couple weeks. 180, almost 200 NFL wide receivers are going to be hitting the waiver wires in the next four weeks, five weeks. I'm not dipping into my funds, available funds, beyond, you know, hey, camp bodies, until I see who's available as a wide receiver. And I would say that about most of the positions right now. Again, you go from a 90-man roster to a 53. If I round up and say that's 37 players, I'll round up to 40 and call it 30 teams. That's 1,200 players that are on NFL rosters right now. Over 1,000 players will become available in the next couple of weeks. You don't need to do anything that is that you're not comfortable with. You, you kick back. This is a season to evaluate what you've got. And when I mean season, I mean this time of year. To kick back, evaluate what you've got, and then decide where you need to, to look. And you're scouting other teams. The preseason, I'm, I'm looking at other teams. Who are they trying out in the preseason? Who's looking good for them? They might not be able to keep that guy. Let me let me make a move and see who, who's available. Um it's a good question, though, but I wouldn't make a move for any of the available free agent wide receivers right now beyond a camp body. Um, Lawrence Rivera says, what's up, Scott? But being the best hands on the team, this hurts us a lot. Uh, with, with Tim Patrick, um, it, it's opportunity costs more than what you, what you actually lose because, again, he hasn't played. Um, he didn't play last year. His career as a Denver Bronco, I mean, the last time he played was 2021. You know, he's got 2,000 yards in his career as a Denver Bronco. The idea, it, it hurts you kind of like having a draft pick that doesn't pan out hurts you. And it hurts you because you've got money tied up into him. It hurts you from a leadership standpoint because he's not going to be on the field, theoretically. But no, this isn't this isn't a death knell for this team. Um it's 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 not even like a wide receivers are a group, so it's not like a, even a singular position where okay, this is my I've got two edge guys on the field. I lose one, I'm kind of in trouble. No, I I can have five wide receivers on the field at a time. He's one of those guys. It doesn't help, that's for sure. But it's not something that's you know it's it's not a killer blow for this team. It's it's just I just don't believe that it is. Um, Dominique Martin. Speaking of Dominiques, I already mentioned my Dominique, Dominique Wilkins. I was an Atlanta child of the 80s. Dominique was my guy. He says, uh, hey, Scout K, what, what's up, Broncos country? MHH for life, just showing love per usual. And we appreciate that. Kayleon Green is showing up as well. Uh, he says, yo, uh, yo back, yo back. Hey, yo. Um, 
let me see as I get through here, and then we'll move on a little bit. Um, Sowell comes in. He says, good morning, Scott. After this injury, do you consider the wide receiver group a weakness? Hello from uh, Chihuahua, Mexico. Um, do I consider it a weakness? No, because you're still running out there with three guys that are pretty good. Um, two that are proven. When you start looking at wide receiver groups, how many times do you say, okay, I'm getting to the number three and their number three guy scares the hell out of me? It's usually a one and maybe another one. And it's usually paired with a tight end. There's usually two receivers on the good teams that really make you nervous. It isn't four. It's not four. Those guys can be decent. But if I go to the third wide receiver on a team, there's very few of them where the third wide receiver is like, okay, that guy scares the hell out of me. Um, and you're, you're solid. You're, you're pretty, you're pretty good in that situation. If I go Greg Dulcich, um, if I go Jerry Judy, Marvin Mims and, um, Cortland Sutton, I'm, I'm still in decent shape. I still feel pretty good about that. All right, let's move down a little bit. And as we, as we, uh, we go in and Gary fire says it's hall of Famer hitting time. Kendall Hinton's been pretty reliable. That's uh, that is one of those things. Dominique says, "I was named after Dominique Wilkins." And see, I can tell that's true because he spelled Wilkins' name right. Uh, that's pretty cool, man. That is pretty cool. Um, appreciate that. Um, let's go to uh, the other thing I wanted to hit. At. We're about thirty minutes. We'll go about forty, forty-five today or so, uh, depending on this. the The other big news last week was was Sean Payton and, you know, kind of it started off as taking up for his team, which I understand. Uh, it's the first real signs of that, that we've seen from him. You know, we've seen some talk is like, well, he hasn't said anything positive about Russ. I'm like, well, he hasn't said anything positive about anybody, um, you know, on the team. It's been, or he didn't say anything, you know, think insert player name here. Well, Greg Dulcich, he certainly didn't seem very impressed. Um, any of these guys, it was more along the lines of, you know, we're just trying to get to know these guys and, you know, yeah, they're not making any real comments, but it started off last week with him basically taking up for Russell Wilson saying, basically, I'm tired of Russell Wilson taking all these shots. There's no way he just fell off a cliff. Didn't happen. That was, and then it turned into, you know, basically kind of naming names, which you don't do. <laughs> you don't do that. Um, you don't you don't typically do that. How many times have you seen a coach go after another coach, whether it was a predecessor or we had some things to clean up? That happens all the time, but certainly not a coach that's active on another team. It, it it's kind of an unwritten rule. You know, this is a coaching fraternity. You don't see former coaches, and this is why it's kind of boring, go into the broadcast booth and do that very often. They get up there and they still spout their cliches and they protect their own. They're still part of the fraternity. There's a saying, and I'm going to butcher it, but you'll get the gist of it. You know, when spoken, the truth should always be said, but the truth doesn't always need to be spoken. So what did Sean Payton say that wasn't true? Nothing, nothing. He didn't say anything that wasn't true, but should he have gone out and started naming names and, and, and doing that? Probably not. He came out and I wouldn't say he apologized for it. He didn't apologize for what he said. He apologized that he said it publicly. I don't need to be saying these things publicly. It basically was his apology, um, which is fine. 
keep that kind of stuff in-house. You can say it to other people. You can let it leak. That's what you have reporters for, friendly reporters, saying, you know, sources have said that, that this Broncos this new Broncos coaching staff and administration were appalled by some of the things they saw that this team was doing last year. Let that come out through Cliss. Let that come out through Mile High Huddle. That's why you have friendly reporters, for God's sakes. That's politics. At this level of NFL, it is politics as well. Now, and, and Gary Fire says Sean was just protecting his players, and that's fine. You know, that's fine. You, you do that without tearing someone else down. And, and that's where it, it came into problem. And from the outside, there's not going to be anybody not wearing orange and blue that is going to approve of what Sean Payton did. It's just, it's not going to happen. Um, it, it just, it goes against the, I, I can't come up with a better phrase than uh, than unwritten rules, but it's it's almost like the the sportsmanship of this game, of the game. You just, you just don't do that. Um, I told y'all from the beginning, from the very beginning, when I said Sean Payton was my number one choice for this job, I said Sean Payton is an arrogant a-hole but he's your arrogant a-hole and you'll love him for it. You will. You'll love him for it. That doesn't change who he is. It's not going to change how he's really seen from the outside. That's the kind of stuff that Sean Payton does that you'll love him for when he's on your side and you'll hate him when he's not. When he's on your side, who cares? Who cares what the New York media, what the Jets think about your coach? Who cares? It doesn't matter. Is that going to help you win a game? No, it's not. It's not going to change the outcome. But Sean Payton is an arrogant ass. He's been an arrogant ass for 25 years. I still wanted him for this, this job because he's a phenomenal football coach. That's what matters. Wins and losses are what matters. I, we don't have to go play golf together. I don't care. I would like to. I think he's a very interesting person. We don't have to sit down and have a cup of coffee together. I, I, I need him to go out there and win football games. I've said that forever because I, I was in – I followed college really, really closely. I made a living at it for 20 years. I don't I went to Auburn. I like Nick Saban. I love Nick Saban. He is a cold-blooded cutthroat mercenary, but he's not a hypocrite. He doesn't try to be your friend. He doesn't care. I want to go out and win football games. That's what I do. He's a freaking Terminator. Then you got Urban Meyer who's like, we're going to do things better than everybody else. And we're the 1% of the 1%. And he's cheating his ass off and hiring a bunch of guys that are knocking over convenience stores with AK-47s. That's a hypocrite. Those are the ones I don't like. I've always said, I don't mind an a-hole. They're honest. I don't like a hypocrite. They're dishonest. I don't like that. Um, and then on the Aaron Rodgers uh, you know, when he came back and said it, if you read his comments, they sound harsher than I think they actually did. Aaron Rodgers, when I watched the watched the the interview with him, he didn't say anything that I didn't just say, which was basically, I can't believe he did that to another coach, and neither could I, frankly. Um, Nathaniel, he didn't. And the thing that that I pointed out in the chat when we first had this conversation is is he didn't try and defend anything that Nathaniel Hackett did last year. Nothing. He didn't come out and say, well, George Payton cut his legs off or Russell Wilson came in 40 pounds overweight or the, the offensive line was a shambles. He didn't say anything. He didn't try and defend Nathaniel Hackett at all. He just came out and said, 
he's a good man and doesn't deserve this from someone else inside his profession. And Sean Payton shouldn't be doing that type of stuff either. And he finished it with a, you know, he needs to keep my coach's names out of his mouth. And that sounds harsh, but he didn't say anything that, that I really didn't disagree with because in this profession, you don't go after somebody that's also in this profession. And that's how I feel about it. And y'all may disagree. Um, but like I said, on the grand scheme of things, doesn't matter. It really doesn't. It makes for good sound bites on ESPN, the Ocho, when they need to fill 24 hours of programming. Uh, as far as what they, they really need to do, which is win games, stay healthy, gel as a team, it may have even helped. It may have actually even helped the Denver Broncos. And at the end of the day, that's all that matters. What Aaron Rodgers and the New York Jets think about Sean Payton does not matter. Um, let me uh, let me go. And Roderick says, uh, you know, what seems to offend people is Payton was right. No, I disagree. And I, I just said so. There wasn't anybody that that defended Nathaniel Hackett's job last year. There's no one that came out and said, Nathaniel Hackett did a good job last year. He's wrong. Nobody said he was wrong about what he said. Nobody. Um, they just said, you know, hey, this is this is out of line. That's what they're saying, and, and I don't I don't disagree with that. And he may have been forced to. I don't know. The backlash came quickly, but Sean Payton came out and said, "I was out of line. I, I shouldn't have done that." I got all geeked up on my coffee. I like to play a, a game with y'all. Tell me when the caffeine hits Scott's blood. You can usually tell. It's like I got geeked up on a couple of lattes and all of a sudden my mouth is running too much. And if it can happen to me, it can happen to all of y'all. So y'all watch your mouth is what he then told the team. Um, those are the things I wanted to get off of my chest today with y'all. So if uh, we're going to get out of here just here in a couple of minutes, um, unless y'all have some, some burning desires you want to get in. Let me uh, let me go back through the chat here a little bit and just what I see. I saw I did see a comment and let me check it. I did see a comment about um, Cortland Sutton's Cortland Sutton's contract. Um, and where I'm coming with that one is Cor uh, not Cortland Sutton. I'm sorry, it was Tim Patrick's contract. Um, but actually, it was Cortland Sutton's contract because I was saying it makes more sense to to make a move with Cortland Sutton next year. Uh, as far as this year, and it was part of the June one designation, et cetera, et cetera. But in 2023, he had a dead cap hit of 25.5 and a cap hit of 19. Even if you split that, you may have been able to save six, $6 million and you're still carrying a big dead cap hit of $12 million next year. However, if you were to make a move next year at any point in time, let's say you just waived him and didn't even trade him because you, you're, I don't think you're going to be able to trade him and get us, you know, uh, thirteen someone to pay thirteen million dollars. His base salary is thirteen million next year. His cap hit is seventeen million next year. His dead cap hit is seven point six. Even if you were to flat out waive him next year, you get ten million dollars back. You have a six. You have, what I just say a seven million dollar, seven point six million dollar dead cap, and that's just for one year. So if you were going to make a move with Cortland Sutton, it did not make any financial sense to me to do it this year. It does next year. It does next year. Now you're hoping Cortland Sutton turns into an $18 million receiver like he was showing several years ago before that knee injury. He, he had a decent year last year. All things considered, he had a pretty good year last year. Can he take that and go up steps, notch, 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 up three steps, for the 20 for the 2023 season? I think so. I think he can absolutely start 
getting back onto close to that path of where he was, was. I believe it was his second year when he was one of the best young receivers in the game. So um, that was one of those things uh, as well. I wanted to, to come back to with Cortland Sutton. Didn't make sense financially this year. It just, it doesn't. Not compared to the huge financial benefits you would get if that's what your main goal is next year, moving on from, from Cortland Sutton. And frankly, Tim Patrick's deal is the same way. I've said a zillion times, George Payton set up these contracts that he could hit the nuke button after the 2023 season if he needs to. And that includes Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson's contract would still be a big number. Um, but if he needs to make a move for 2024, his dead cap number goes from his, his number this year is <laughs> it's something like $107 million on the dead cap. Um, the negative drops to a lot. It drops to 85. You'd still have to split it and eat $80 million or, you know, $40 million a year. It'd still be tough. Uh, it would still be tough. Um, and FC Donnelly says, I didn't see the Rogers, but isn't that just a Will Smith reference? Yeah. He deadpan it though. He was Rogers with piss. So he didn't say it with a smile on his face. He was pissed. Um, you know, listen, in, in, as far as, you know, keep your coaches names. And he did say names, keep my coaches, plural names out your mouth. Um, so I, uh, I, uh, <laughs> I've said, uh, I've said my piece on that. Um, and so is Sean Payton for that matter. There was one tiny clip in his press conference yesterday, care to comment about Aaron Rodgers' comments. And Sean Payton's like, nope, we're past it. Good. And that's where it should be. I said something. I apologize for it. They said something. We're done. We move on. And that's how it should be. These are professionals. They're not beyond reproach. I said all along, one of the one of the phrases I absolutely hate is trust the coaches. I don't trust the coaches. They're human beings. They're going to make mistakes. Lots of them. I trust the coaches to do what they think is right. I don't trust them to be right. But they're professionals. They moved on. Did the right thing eventually. Um, Zach Powers asked, Scott, how does Peyton's comments make you feel about George Peyton's job? I felt George Peyton was already in a tough spot, but the comments backed that idea. Zach, going back a ways, I said I didn't think George Peyton would be the general manager of this team come September 1st. Coming into and out of the draft, I hedged on that. I said, I, I think uh, I think he will be here at least one more year. They seem to be saying all the right things, kumbaya, not just for the cameras. That said, I still think George Payton will probably, this will probably be his last year. Wouldn't surprise me. Um, he would want something where he have a little bit more control and not be a number two, but be a, a true general manager. I, I think that's where... Um, I, I think that's where he'll be. And then and then Sean Payton will probably try and bring in somebody that he's worked with in the past. Fallen Angel says, please talk about the new O-lineman. I don't know a whole lot about him because there isn't really a whole lot to know. Um, I looked him up yesterday, and I think he's he's only got like four or five starts in his, his or games in his career. So this is a depth addition for camp. Um, I don't expect him to be too big of a, you know, pushing for a starting role. Uh, we haven't, we haven't seen that guy signed just yet. Um, Miguel says, I think it's too expensive to cut Tim Patrick this year, probably go on the IR and be cut next year. Yeah, for sure. Um, again, you, you look at there's, you've already made it past June one, Tim Patrick's numbers go into this year. His dead cap would be his cap. hits 11. His dead cap is 10. 
Okay. You want to save a million dollars and, and, and wave the guy with an injury designation. So be it. But next year, his cap hit is 13. His dead cap is 2.3, $11 million. He, there's no way, no how, no way Tim Patrick is playing on that contract with the Denver Broncos next year. No one, 0% chance, 0% chance. Um, coming in on here to close us out. That's a good way to get us out of here. The closer is back coming in red hot. It's been plenty hot out there this summer. I hope y'all are doing okay. Uh, he says, great solo show, Scott, Ethan, the DWI guys over in England says Mims and Dulcich will have to pick up slack, but Peyton will put whoever in the right positions to succeed. I feel for Tim Patrick and Hamler, but the Broncos will be fine. And I agree. Uh, the Broncos are going to be okay. This isn't going to be what's going to make or break this season. Excuse me, this season for the Denver Broncos. There's plenty of offensive skill weapons still out there. It certainly wasn't going to be Hamler. I wasn't counting on Hamler to even make the team. And we're hedging our bets with Tim Patrick because of his injury history. And so were the Denver Broncos. That's why they traded up and got Marvin Mims. Makes sense, doesn't it? On that note, we're going to get out of here. Appreciate you, Ethan. Um, want to say thank you to our super chat superstars, Troy, Gary, and Michael coming in with stars. Um, Miguel, I missed you on this. Let me get this one real quick from Miguel who came in with some stars. Also, uh, as I look over my shoulder, uh, he says, I hear other outlets freaking out about the offense doing horrible in camp. Is this an overreaction? I feel like you won't have a feel until the next week or so. Um, Miguel, you won't have a feel until you start playing against guys with different, co different color helmets on. Um, you can set up the offense or defense to look however you want to. I can make, you're going to, when I can control the defense, I can make the offense look good. When I can control the offense, I can make the defense look good. Are you making the easy throws? You know, Russell Wilson's not missing those. Uh, with the install or whatnot, how much pressure are they putting in? Because remember, you've got a new defensive coordinator that is trying to put his system in as well. He can't just afford to back off and let these guys uh, you know what you're doing. Let's back off and let this new offense get installed. Everybody's new, and the defense is going to be ahead of the offense. But from an individual standpoint, oh, Lloyd Cushenberry's looked great. Great. He's going against Matt Henningsen. We don't want Matt Henningsen to be the starter anyway. Or Matt Henningsen has looked great. Well, great. He's going against Lloyd Cushenberry. Lloyd Cushenberry is a guy we've been trying to get rid of for three years. So until you've got Someone on the other side of the line that is trying that has a different color jersey on, you don't know what you've got. And frankly, guys, Miguel, that's going to be four or five weeks into the regular season. And even then, week 14 is going to look very different from week four. So take everything you hear from camp with a grain of salt. All of it. It's all internal. Oh, man. Russell Wilson was seven for seven on uh, in in the eleven v elevens. Well, great, they were playing you know a, a cover three and giving them the other underneath stuff because they were working on trying to get you know gap control from their defensive tackles. It doesn't mean anything. Take everything you hear from camp with a grain of salt. Even the regular the preseason is about trying guys out. It's not about how good a team's going to be. Regular season, man. That's when we'll know. That's what we'll know. Can you be concerned? Marble Racing says, I can be, I'm concerned. We're, you should be concerned. You should absolutely be concerned. This team was terrible last year. You can't just flip a switch and go from what we saw last year, which was historically one of the worst offenses in a long time, to being a top five offense. You should be concerned. You should be hopeful that things are on the right track and getting better. On that note, I'm going to get out of here. 
Nick and I will be back on Thursday. Thank you so much for coming in. And thank you to all of our Super Chat superstars and from uh, our Facebook stars folks, including Michael and Miguel, who've come in a couple times. Um, make sure you're following the mothership on Twitter at Mile High Huddle or the X, whatever you want to call it. Uh, you can follow me on Scout Kennedy to make sure uh, on the X and Twitter, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I will be back tomorrow talking Falcons on my channel, youtube.com slash Scott Kennedy. But I will be back here on Thursday with y'all. And we can see you'll get a little bit more news from camp. See who's doing well. See who's come in. See if there's any new signings, et cetera, et cetera. And on that note, everybody, thanks for being here. Love y'all. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country. <laughs>